What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, new friends. I'm Jackie Schimmel, philanthropist, motivational speaker, glowing wife, animal rights activist, and a shoulder to cry on. Not really. I'm a crazy bitch, but a hoot and a half. If you haven't listened to my podcast, The Bitch Bible, brace yourself, pour yourself a stiff drink, and get ready to laugh your ass off or cry. Make sure you subscribe yourself to The Bitch Bible Podcast right now. You're going to effing love it. Welcome back to another episode of The Females, a podcast that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice so that you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm Lauren McGoodwin, founder and CEO of Career Contessa. We cover a lot of work trends on the show, like when we covered Adam Grant's languishing or even the great resignation. Today, I want to talk about a new work trend that I'm going to guess you're already on board for, and that is the four-day work week. We've been scouring the internet and reading every article about reducing the work week to four days. We heard that it's an overwhelming success at some places, and we've also heard that it's greatly overstated and too good to be true. Are we operating on a five-day, 40-hour schedule for a good reason? Is 40 the magic number due to tons of studies and data? Are we actually working 40 hours a week or much, much more? And how do those things like the Thursday night emails factor in? or the Sunday panic factor in? Is your commute into the work really truly your free time or does that belong to work? So we have a lot to think about because do we really need to be thinking about how our lives belong to work in exchange for a paycheck? We do know one thing for sure and it's become increasingly obvious over the last two years. Employees are burnt out and ready to quit. Something needs to change. So I've been wondering if the four day work week is the answer. Let's explore this more on today's show with Career Contessa's content director, Kayleen Holden, and see if you're more convinced or less convinced. And then, of course, if you're ready to take the next step, we're even going to talk about what you need to say to your boss, including a template word for word that you can send to them to consider the four-day work week. And now, this is The Females. Hi, Kayleen. So we're all about the 40-hour work week, but why and where did this magical 40 come from? Because has it always been like this with this 40 hours of work each week? Okay, so I'll, I'll keep my history lesson short, but it's interesting and kind of 
bizarre how he landed at 40 hours. So after the Industrial Revolution, workers were regularly pulling um, like 80 to 100 hour work weeks. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) As early as 1866, the National Labor Union was asking Congress to pass laws that mandate an eight hour workday. So they weren't passed in 1866, but it did gain traction. They even got some branding going for the 40-hour movement. So there was a popular 1880s slogan that called for, quote, eight hours for work, eight hours for rest, and eight hours for what we will. So the 40-hour work week was actually popularized by Henry Ford of Ford Automobiles. After his, quote-unquote, research, which I could never find out what this research was, showed that working more only yielded a small increase in productivity. And there's also speculation that Ford made this move primarily to encourage his workers to have free time to become consumers. Basically to to go out and buy stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, the eight hours for what we will, I guess, is what he was thinking. Yeah. So the beginning of uh, (laughs) really aggressive capitalism. (laughs) Yeah, surely. (laughs) So finally, wow. 12 years after Ford made the 40-hour work week, like, quote-unquote, cool, the Fair, the Fair Labor Standards Act was, was passed. Um, and in the end, first it was passed and it made 44-hour weeks standard, but then um, it was amended and it landed on 40-hour work weeks. So workers who exceeded 40 hours would be paid overtime. So the idea of a 40-hour work week took over 70 years to make a reality. So from wow. 1866 to, uh, I think it was 1938 that, that was finally passed. So as for 40 being any sort of magic number, as far as I can see, it isn't. It's just one of those things that we do because we started doing it because that's the number we landed on. That's the number they finally got approved after, as you can imagine, 70 years. So we said, all right, 40, that's the number. Work has changed dramatically since the 1800s, and yet we're still working the same schedule as the 1800s. Now, yes, 40 sounds much better than 80 or 100, which is just a bit inhumane. But, I mean, it's, to your point, this 40 number is... And I, I know, like, for a lot of people, the reason why we use it is because that's how, like, a lot of legal stuff is based off of. Like, you're a W-2 employee, and you're required to work 40 hours a week. Like, a lot of that stuff is in your contract. So, but clearly... People are not really questioning that, but it's it fascinating to me because we question so many other parts of work. Okay, so now I know where this forty came from, which doesn't truly make any sense. And and I would argue also the nine to five hours were based on again industrial revolution hours, and then it was also later on. I think a lot of this was always based on the fact that there was probably one caretaker at home, usually a woman. And so throw all this in together. And it's like the scheduling of work and the hours of work today really do not work for today's just, I would say, standard person in this in this country, for sure. Can you share, I know that the four day work or sorry, the yeah, the four day work week is starting to kind of get more popular. And I think maybe people have heard of this before, but it, it feels a little bit more realistic just because our work schedules were all of a sudden you know, just uh, shifted so much. So can you share more about the quote-unquote overwhelming success that Iceland and some other countries are seeing when they experiment with this four-day work week? And I'm kind of curious, like, like what are the benefits that they see and how do they even do these experiments? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the concept of the four-day work week obviously gained a lot of traction with, with COVID, with uh, a lot of people going to work from home and experiencing like all of a sudden this better work-life balance, you know, whether that's just really just 
cutting out the commute. Um, I know there's reports that people are actually working more, which I'm sure is true. But by and large, people were feeling more productive, just feeling like they had more agency over their workday. Yeah. Because, you know, you're not, get, you're not getting up. You don't have to be out your door at 7.15 to get to the office by 8.00. Um, to sit in traffic on the way home. So there's that yeah. aspect. I think it. that's a big piece of it, the agency over your own schedule, because I think a lot of people actually were probably working more hours during COVID because one, there wasn't really anything else to do. So like, <laughs> and you were probably scared that you were going to lose your job because I mean, it was just like a scary, unpredictable time. And so what's interesting about what you're saying is like it created better work-life balance. And I think a lot of that stems from being able to own your schedule. I, that's, that seems to always be sort of this like magic, not magic, but this like secret ingredient to like what makes people happy. It's like owning their schedule and their time, which is very, and, and to your point, working from home is that like more than, you know, what we had prior. So anyway, go on. I, I just think that's a really important part. Like I really think that the agency thing is, is a big thing here. So no, it is. I mean, and, and you know, this Lauren too, we're both working moms. It's, it's, it's that thing of like, as simple as the night that your baby's not going to sleep. And, and if yeah. you were working in an office, like it doesn't matter what happened. You have to get up at 630. You have to get out the door. You have to, you know, mm-hmm. shovel coffee into your mouth so you don't crash your yeah. car on the way to work. And then you go to work and you do bad work because yeah. you're expected to be there at a time for a reason that yeah. there is no reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, too, it's like life happens while you're making plans. And so it doesn't matter how great of a planner you were before COVID, during COVID, after COVID, whatever you want to call this period that we're in vaccination COVID um, (laughs) is like stuff happens, whether it's your kids or you personally or, you know, and so that's a whole other thing is I think sometimes these schedules are built on like predictability, but like I can't predict the, the traffic one day, you know, I can't predict a lot of that stuff. I want to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, Ana Luisa. Ana Luisa is home to sustainably crafted jewelry that brings joy to those who wear them and to those who make them. With their simple yet stunning pieces, Ana Luisa gives you all of the building blocks of your accessory wardrobe. They've got earrings and necklaces, rings, and bracelets that look great with any outfit. Prices start at $39 and you can get 20% off with their summer sale going on right now. I personally recommend that you check out their earrings. I love their simple yet classic look. Whether you're into natural pearl earrings, delicate and chic gold studs, fun gold hoop earrings. They've got it all and more. Plus, all of their pieces are earth conscious. That's actually one of my favorite things about Ana Luisa. Every piece is consciously beautiful, meaning their collections are released in limited run small batches each Friday to ensure highest production standards and eliminate excess waste. Their designs are intuitive and thoughtful, simple pleasure to look at and live in. And again, you can shop all of these beautiful pieces for 20% off with their summer sale going on right now. I absolutely recommend checking out Ana Luisa. As I mentioned before, their prices start at $39. And if you go to our special females link, you can get 20% off all of their products. So of course you want to do this. Go to shop.analuisa.com backslash females son to learn more. Okay, let me spell this out. So that's shop.analuisa.com. Anna Luisa, which is A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com slash females, F-E-M-A-I-L-S, son, S-U-N, to learn more. Okay, one more time. That's shop dot 
analuisa, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com slash females son, F-E-M-A-I-L-S-S-U-N to shop their summer sale. All right, now let's get back to the show. Okay, so back to the benefits. So, so basically the concept of the four-day work week got traction in 2020 for obvious reasons. And you were saying that companies were starting to see uh, their employees be happier and truly enjoy the increased flexibility. Were they moving to, you know, obviously the 40-hour work week also depends on or is built on an eight-hour day. Was that something they were still having too? Or, or what, what was that looking like? So yeah, so in these trials, and this is a pretty important distinction because we'll go into other um, other work styles later, but these are four four days of eight hour work days. So it's not it's not a ten hour day. It's it's not squeezing forty hours into uh, four days. It's it's a thirty two hour work week. So basically, this the discussions have really like exploded around this, especially recently. But but trials have been running for a couple years. So Microsoft actually ran a trial in 2019 in Japan, and they saw a 40 percent increase in productivity. Wow. Um, Unilever New Zealand also switched to a one year trial in late 2020, so they're still in the middle of that. But um, the poster child study comes out of Iceland, where they actually did a series of trials between 2015 and 2019. So what's really interesting about this is like, obviously, we just talked about Microsoft, Unilever. A big proponent of this has been also Buffer. And these are all like tech-heavy companies. So mm-hmm. so I think a lot of people like to write it off and say, yeah, it's great for tech companies. They're set up. All your work is on the computer. But what's interesting mm-hmm. about Iceland is that they took 1% of their working population, and that's about 2,500 workers, over 2015 and 2019. And they decreased their work. So they decreased it to these four days eight hours, so 32, 32 hours a week um, without decreasing their pay. What's interesting wow. is that this wasn't limited to tech companies. These were schools, post offices, social services, healthcare workers. So it was across the board, all different industries, not tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's important to share because a lot of times I feel like tech companies, it's it might be easier for them to be able to implement something like this too. Yeah, absolutely. So it is really interesting that that it could happen across the board. So the resulting success prompted unions to renegotiate their working patterns. So as of now, 86% of Iceland's workforce has either reduced their working hours or they're on their way to doing so. So wow. workers workers have, you can imagine what they reported, reduced stress, reduced burnout, better health, better work-life balance, you know, more time to go to doctor's appointments, more time to, you know, just be <laughs> not have to take a day off for yeah. you know a doctor's appointment things like that and then there's been a lot of other other countries Japan Spain Scotland New Zealand they've all successfully tried 4-day work weeks and as i mentioned wow. earlier another huge proponent of the 4-day work week and they've documented this really nicely and and we'll include those in the uh show notes but it's media social media app buffer so They started this as a one-month trial, then they extended it to a six-month trial, and then in early 2021, they announced that they'll be indefinitely working this four-day work week. And they have have a blog post that that details like exactly how they did it. So, and later we'll talk about asking your boss to do it, but this is like a really good, almost like their own produced case study because they said, all right, we're going to do this for a month. And they, you know, wrote up a blog post about what it was like the first month and and why that prompted them to extend it to six months and then why that prompted them to extend it indefinitely. 
which is oh, really that's cool. great. I you know, and Buffer also sounds familiar to people. They were the ones who also kind of I I think in a way led the the way uh, with salary transparency. So they started sharing like how they came up with the numbers and they share the salaries of everyone in their employees. So, you know, Buffer's obviously very much ahead of the curve when it comes to trying, like, I think they like to experiment with stuff. And that is something that I find really interesting is that you almost have to find a company, a country, (laughs) you know, an industry that sees this as like a fun experiment, like let's try it. And if the data supports it, then there's no reason why we wouldn't. And I feel like some countries in the U.S. and some companies are definitely more of the mindset of like, we're not going to waste our time with that, you know, yeah. but we should. I mean, that's that's I mean, we should be doing that not just with like products and what they expect of their employees, but also what we expect of our, our companies. And there's probably someone listening to this who hates this idea. They're feeling like, well, this just means more work over fewer days, even though, you know, what the research was saying is that they didn't end up working longer hours. So were there any cons with this research? Is there the argument that, you know, will you always be more productive if you are working less time or less often? <laughs> I mean, we'll say, but <laughs> yeah. um, so there are tons and tons of studies around workplace productivity and, and how much meaningful work we actually do on a daily basis, like whether or not we're, you know, quote unquote, working 40 hours, working 50 hours, spending 60 hours in the office. So I was curious unless, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but if you had to guess, how much work would you say a full-time employee gets done every day uh, working an eight-hour day? Uh, I would say like four. So the numbers actually, it there's been a lot of studies, but the number has been anywhere between two hours and 50 minutes and three hours. Oh so. my God, that's <laughs> so bad. So out of an eight-hour day where we're like sitting at our desk, the average person is getting about two hours done. Closer to three, but yeah, like, but that's, <laughs> oh that's God. it. Like everything else is, you know, the filler. It's the answering the emails, the going to the yeah. meetings, walking to the it's bathroom. Chit-chat, yeah, chit-chatting in the kitchen. I've done this where I go to the kitchen for something. And I end up being in the kitchen for an hour and a half talking to someone. Obviously, this is before COVID, <laughs> I guess in my house. <laughs> I, I, I waste time in the kitchen too. Um, wow, that's, that's, that's not good. That's yeah. not good at all. Uh, so, and then again, like so many studies on this, I would highly recommend. I mean, if, if you're looking to make this case, like look at where you're the most productive. So the, the most productive time I think is Tuesday at 11 a.m., which makes so much sense to me. Yeah. Monday's uh, like a catch up day. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then there's studies that have like Monday as the number one or or Monday is tied with Tuesday, but but across the board, also Friday is the least productive day of the week. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, I was say, that's, <laughs> that's not shocking. I mean, it's like when you get an email at like four o'clock on a Friday, you're like, this is rude. <laughs> you know, like, you're like, what? should be illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's not shocking, but I do, I find the two, so if you want to send an email to somebody, here's a little tip. If you want to send an email that gets noticed, send it Tuesday instead of Monday. I've actually always practiced that because I think it's, you know, you want to be at the top of someone's inbox and on Monday, their inbox is really deep because of the weekend. The world is obsessed with remote work and it's changing the landscape of the workplace. More and more people are creating their dream lives to live and work wherever they choose. But for many employers, that makes it almost impossible to offer benefits like health insurance to their whole team. As more companies embrace this advantage of hiring global talent, they are realizing that their benefits are still very localized and constrained by national borders. 
That's where our sponsor, Safety Wing, comes in. Safety Wing has solved this problem for remote teams by creating the first global health insurance. Safety Wing is on a mission to fix the problem of remote employees' benefits by offering borderless benefits for remote and distributed teams. Safety Wing's remote health insurance works in any country, whether you live there or you're just visiting. They have a fully equipped health insurance that works for all of your global employees, so it's built for a truly global workforce. Plus, the great thing about Safety Wing is that you can add anyone affiliated with your company to one simple plan that gets cheaper as you scale. With Safety Wing, you have the ability to customize your policy to make it perfect for your team. Remote health insurance works globally, so you can hire the best talent in the world. Safety Wing's remote health allows companies to offer equal benefits to the whole team, no matter where they live or located. Your team is global. Their benefits should be global too. Go to safetywing.com backslash remote health to learn more. One more time, that's safetywing.com backslash remote health. All right, now let's get back to the show. Okay, you said that there was another thing called the Hawthorne effect when we were chatting about this before. What What is that? What, why do people need to know what this is? Okay, so one big detractor article I found came from Australia's The Conversation, and it calls the Iceland experiment uh, overstated. So this article actually, I was really interested because... I was feeling like as I'm going through, I'm like, yeah, four-day week, it it sounds awesome. Like there's no, I could not find any evidence that says like 40 hours is it for this reason, other than it's just like wrapped up in everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So this article talks about the Hawthorne effect, which is the idea that when a study subject knows the intended outcome of the study, that they perform better on purpose to achieve the intended outcome. Yeah, but, so like people are, are because they want a four-day work week while they're doing the trial, they're going to do really well so they get to keep that. Yeah, but to me, yeah. I was thinking, this is only my personal opinion, but like in a way, that's what work is. You're you're going to perform at your tip-top game because while you're at work because you want, mm-hmm. you know, the outcome is, you know, a paycheck or a career advancement or a promotion yeah. or an yeah. increased paycheck. Or like if your boss, like I remember when I sat in like this open workplace, like if your boss sits right next to you, you're probably not going to procrastinate and scroll on your phone. You're going to be working, right? Yeah. Like just yeah. having your boss next to you or in the same room as you would do that too. Yeah. While I think the Hawthorne effect is a, a really interesting notion for like many studies to, to this one, for this one, it just didn't seem like a really strong counterpoint. And and to be honest, that just felt like a clickbait uh, headline. When I went into it, I was like hoping to see something that was like really uh, going to, you know, switch up yeah. my mind. And I was open to it, but I was like, oh, that just feels like, yeah, you're going to perform well at work. Um, mm-hmm. And then if say you're, you're quote unquote rewarded with the four day work week, you're going to do the work to make sure you keep yeah rewarding. like so what if you're rewarded with that that's great sometimes you're rewarded with a bonus sometimes you're rewarded with a <laughs> just a paycheck you know like yeah. I don't actually think the reward situation is a bad thing at work in fact that's kind of what work is built around right yes. like some people get the accolades with the bonus sometimes it's the fancy office like that is work <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I was thinking I was like isn't work kind of always the Hawthorne effect yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true that's true okay so quickly recap some of the pros and cons uh of these four-day work weeks because I'm I'm assuming most people like this idea I 
I think that a lot of people are probably thinking there's no way my company is going to go for this, which we're going to get into in a sec. But also we're going to talk about there are some alternatives. So like, you know, I think at the end of the day, probably what we're leaning more toward is that there isn't maybe one schedule for everybody, but we'll talk about those alternatives. So let's just recap. What are some of the pros and cons that the research is showing Mm -hmm. with the four day work weeks right now? So the pros, we're all pretty familiar with these. It's it's happiness, productivity, mm-hmm. work-life balance, reduced stress, and, and everything that comes with that. With reduced stress comes all sorts of health benefits. For employers, it's longevity, less turnover. For employees, it's customized work schedule, less superfluous meetings, which I'm sure everyone loves, yeah. less commute, and of course, there's the three-day weekend. Um, yeah. I know personally, sometimes it's Saturday is the weekend day and Sunday is the day where it doesn't feel like it really belongs to you. Yeah, it's like when you know you have a three-day weekend too, then you truly get two days off and it feels so refreshing. You know, I agree with you. A two-day weekend really means one day off and one day of like catch-up stuff. So if you get three days, you get two days off and one day of catch-up, which seems like a much better balance, you know, for for rest. Okay, so the cons. Okay, the cons. So we will talk about this. If if it's just to condense a 40-hour work week into four days exhaustion, because um, yeah. 10-hour days, as we talked, like it doesn't mean you're going to be more productive. It just means you're potentially wasting, what, two yeah. more hours a day. For 32-hour weeks, it's the potential of not having enough time uh, to get your work done. Uh, scheduling difficulties. This I think this one's really relatable. Sometimes it's really hard, especially if you're working with someone externally. Yeah. It can be really hard to line up your schedules if you don't have uh, five days to choose from. Um, mm-hmm. And then customer-facing roles, especially with smaller teams. With, with bigger teams, someone like Microsoft they're customer facing, they're going to be able to figure out their scheduling so that so that someone will always be working a Saturday or a Sunday or yeah. a Friday. But yeah. with smaller teams, it's like, well, who's going to be the one that's going to be working Friday? Uh, yeah. That might be a, a tougher sell. Yeah. I know at my mom's work, they have people, she works in property management and they have people on call. And I swear, it's like, I swear to God, she's always on call. You know what I mean? And it's like, because every, they have to alternate weekends. And so to your point about this customer facing role thing, it's like, well, with smaller teams, somebody, you know, or I think of like medical professionals, like doctors are on call, like they're giving up weekends, which means you're not totally able to do what you want. So yeah, I, I, I definitely see the, the challenge with that. Okay, so let's chat about some alternatives for the four day work week and tips on how to pitch a new schedule to your boss. You know, someone might be thinking the four day work week isn't gonna work, but I'm, I'm open to reconfiguring my workplace or at least pitching this to my boss because what you said at the very beginning, this 40-hour work week thing just doesn't make any sense and it's archaic. So let's let's change it. What are, what are some alternative schedules? What do they look like? Okay, so another really popular one is actually you're working less than the four-day work week, <laughs> which is 32 hours. Uh, and it's called the five-hour work day, uh, which that hinges more on this uh, idea that we basically get three hours of really productive work done every day. So uh, it's working five hours a day, uh, Monday through Mm -hmm. Friday. Maybe if you had more work to pick up, you might end up working uh, an additional day. But the idea really for this is Monday through Friday, five hours a day. So that's 25 hours a week Mm -hmm. uh, of really productive work. Uh, That's the intention there. The second one is sort of how we started this discussion. It's flexible staggered schedules. So this is, you know, working to your best ability. This hinges on 
not having a lot of meetings, having a lot of like basically like heads down alone work that you have to do. So it doesn't really matter if you're lining up your schedule with others. Um, Mm -hmm. A staggered schedule could be not really fit if there's lots of meetings or if someone needs something and say say you're, you know, a couple continents away and and you're, you're always asleep when they're awake, vice versa. So those can be tricky, but those could also work really well. And then condensed schedules, we've mentioned these. This is basically taking the four-day weekend, but it's it's squeezing a ton of work into four days. And the four-day work week, not sorry, four-day weekend. The, sorry, the condensed <laughs> schedule. a new idea. <laughs> sorry, the condensed schedule is a four-day week, but it's a four-day, 40-hour week. So the difference, the one that everyone's fighting for, the four-day work week, I'm going to say the definition of that is it's 32 hours in four days. The cadence work week is 40 hours in four days, at least, or it's yeah. 11 I've hours. I've heard that before. I, I remember it was like, you could do four tens or, you know, five eights or something like that. And you, I mean, everyone is different for me. I hear these options and I'm like, I really like the five hour workday option. You know, like I'm one of those people where I like the idea of maybe getting and like I guess I am one of those people where I do a lot of I'm able to do a lot of heads down work so I hear the five hour work day and I'm like I really like that but when you were talking about staggered schedules I immediately had a flashback to working with lots of different teams and thinking yeah that would be really hard because sometimes the only day on people's schedule is a Friday you know and so I I understand it um why that would be tough but I think that the key here is that It's good to find something that works for you individually, but also I think companies ultimately have to implement something because what I've noticed is a lot of these scheduling things don't work unless we're all doing it. Like, you know, everybody decides that it's no meetings Mondays, you know what I mean? And so Mm -hmm. like everyone has to follow that rule. And so I, I think at the end of the day, a lot of this comes down to having like this shared structure too. Otherwise it's like, you can't have the five hour workday if everybody else, if, if that's like not part of the you know, your workplace or your team, for example. And like, because somebody will put a meeting on your calendar at five o'clock. You know what I mean? Like that Mm -hmm. will happen if it's not something. So ultimately, I think the success of this is like, and I'm really, I'm going to read the buffer case studies. I I do think it has to be something that's done either by team or, you know, company or something like that, because it doesn't work as well on the individual level, not, not on a regular basis, you know, consistently. Yeah, or I think like a, a really great way that the four day uh, work week could work is, you, you know, you're leaving Friday open as an option, basically for mm-hmm. s- say it is uh, company wide. It's like obviously everyone has the responsibility to get their work done. And if yeah. it's not done Thursday, no, it does. I don't think it gets to roll over to Monday. I think you yeah. get, get your stuff done. Yeah. Well, I guess, too, in order for this to work, you have to put rules in place, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're consistently not getting your work done in those 32 hours, it you know, then you have to examine, which is why it's important to be like, OK, we're going to roll this out. Here's how we're going to test it. Here's how we're going to track it. Here's what we need you to track. Like I, I think companies and I guess for people listening is like it's not always as easy as it sounds to just be like, OK, start giving everybody this four day work week because And it's certainly not going to help if it causes more stress because you feel like you have less days. The other thing I don't like is this thing where I've noticed companies will implement like a four day work week, but it's like Wednesdays a day or something like that. And it's like, see, now you've just like you've taken a good thing and you've yeah, you've made it worse because the whole idea is to have the consecutive days off and the consecutive days on. And I think that's better for a person's brain and like how they're getting work done. And if Fridays are already the least productive day you're basically taking advantage of something that already is naturally occurring and I think the argument too for like if you're thinking about how to pitch this to your boss is like 
you mentioned kind of like we talked about the great resignation earlier on an episode, like people are leaving companies. So companies need to like shake up the status quo and be like, okay, we need to rethink the rules or rewrite the rules and how, and just because Buffer does it this way and that company does it that way, it mean, doesn't mean you have to do it that way. And I think that's something interesting is a lot of companies just kind of follow what others in their industry are doing. And, uh, you know, I think one of the really cool things, if you're listening to this, like, and you work at like an ad agency or something like that, like, and I have no, no other ad agencies do it like this. Well, don't, don't use that to stop you from thinking outside the box. You know what I mean? I, I, I think we're constantly asking employees to think outside the box. Um, okay. So if somebody does want to ask their boss to consider a four day work week, how should they do it? And like, where, what's, what's the basis on how they start the conversation? This is different than definitely asking for, uh, other things that, you know, we normally give advice on because like, like you said, Lauren, it's not, it's not something that's going to go over well if you're the lone person not wearing, working Fridays, right? Um, if mm-hmm. all of your coworkers are uh, toiling away at Friday and you're posting on Instagram because you have every Friday off and you're at the beach, like that's not, yeah, it's not, it's not going to go well. It's not going to go over well. It just isn't. It's human nature. Sorry. Yeah. It's just not. Misery um, loves company, <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. And if they're sitting in the office and, and you're not, it's uh, it's fuel to the fire. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if your management has been resistant to change and they're sort of champions of that clock in, clock out mentality, it's going to be a more difficult sell. Uh, and to be frank, it might not be a sell at all. They might laugh at you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, our biggest piece of advice would be to present data on the success of the four-day work weeks. Uh, luckily, I can tell you there's there's a ton. Yeah. You, if you wanted to make a delicious PowerPoint about this, you could break it down <laughs> to the hours that people are productive. You could break it down to the days that people are productive. You could find really, really, really compelling evidence. You could make a slide that shows the data against it. And honestly, like you won't, I, you won't find that much. Or I would yeah. love if anyone listens to this and has found something that's like really compelling, I would love to see it um, mm-hmm. because I was looking for it and I, and I really couldn't. Uh, the only the only reason I see that the forty hour work week exists literally is because it was someone with a big names idea and it just got written into laws and like like we said in the beginning in the history lesson it took seventy years to yeah. get us to forty hours and that's where we landed and people were just tired and they're like I guess that works but there's no <laughs> there's really no evidence other than we've just been doing it and that's just like yeah. that's that's an ex. It's an excuse that just doesn't cut it anymore. Yeah, that's why we were yeah. going into an office. That's why we were having weekly meetings where that took up an hour and we were eating donuts and no one knew why we were there. Like, there's a lot of wasted time. Well, I think there's also, like, a sense of urgency right now with workers to be like, I don't want to go back to the status quo. Like, it was like that before and it seemed like a, a very steep uphill battle, but it doesn't feel so steep anymore. It, it definitely, the incline is less and people I think have the energy to go. I mean, I, I think about like the Apple employees who wrote and were like, here are all the reasons why we don't want to go in the office. They Apple just pushed back how, when they're requiring people to come back to the office. Maybe it was the Delta variant, who knows, but strength in numbers and it does work to speak up and to make some noise about this. But you, I mean, you look at the way they did, they presented data, they, here, they had like here, some specific requests so another thing I was thinking about when you were talking about how like this delicious powerpoints like you could ask people on your team to keep a time diary for a week or something like that now that might be hard because they maybe don't want to show their boss like how little work they're doing but anyway I'm just thinking outside the box of like 
actually knowing what is your true productivity and, and what is like, you know, I was clocked in or clocked out. You know, I, I, I think there is a lot of strength in numbers. And I think there's a sense of urgency that we've never seen before because the workplace just got all shaken up and it's like okay let's keep that momentum let's go mm-hmm. let's like like let's think about chapter two in a different way while everybody's already thinking about chapter two in a different way so i wanted to point that out too like get your team on board. Yeah. get like show them that you're not the only person feeling this way and and not to go back to the buffer thing but to go back to the buffer thing um <laughs> one huge thing they did is they kept doing surveys that showed like really how people were liking it and, and some people really didn't some people felt like their productivity dipped and they they figured it out. So having that sort of feedback, uh, mm-hmm. Lauren, we talked about this. I think in the Great Resignation podcast episode, where it it's this thing of like again, why the forty hour work week exists. It, it's this thing of like, oh, we're doing it, and it's backed yeah. by no data. And people, the reason bosses aren't asking their people is because they know what the answer is, and they don't want to hear it, and they don't want. They definitely don't want it collected and gathered in a place where people yeah. can say. So yeah, well, put that and they're away. paying for these fancy office spaces that they don't want you to spend less time in. Like there's a, like there are all these, it's so interesting because there's all these reasons to keep the workplace the way it is. And it benefits the very few at the very top. And this is like a common theme that I think we're seeing emerge a lot is like us and the masses are being like, no, and why? And let's fix this. And if you're not going to fix it, like people are not everyone, obviously, but like the great resignation shows that people are quitting their jobs and being like, I have confidence. I'll find something else and I'll do something else. And, and, you know, the power dynamic is shifting a little bit with that. So it's like good time to be speaking (laughs) up. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, you wrote a template because Kayleen is so nice, you guys. And she writes (laughs) you guys templates for everything. I mean, I think the buffer thing, we're going to link to that in the show notes. Definitely check that out. Kayleen's going to write an article about this too. So you can look at that in the show notes, but another tool that you're going to give people is the this template you know that you can use as a starting point to ask your boss for the four-day work week yeah so we created this template to serve as a starting point to ask your boss for a four-day work week so you'll also be able to find it in our articles how to ask your boss for anything and the argument for a four-day work week and they'll both be linked in the show notes i'm also going to mention an article from The Atlantic. It's called Kill the Five-Day Workweek, and that will also be linked in the show notes. That's a really great article that, uh, again, it it, sh- it has a bunch of case studies from um, a variety of industries, like even down to like manufacturing, which you would think like, no, manufacturing, like they've got productivity down to a tape, but turns out they don't. Um, so anyway, <laughs> so mm. the subject line of this is conversation around improved work setup, uh, and it reads, greetings, name, I hope this email reaches you well. As I'm sure you're aware, there is a lot of discussion around the benefits of the four-day work week, especially when it comes to productivity and retention. I wanted to open a discussion about our team moving to a four-day work week on a trial basis. I thought this article for The Atlantic might interest you, especially as it includes case studies to a variety of industries trialing the four-day work week with huge success. I understand this is a big conversation, but I have some ideas on how we could track its impact and get overall buy-in from the entire team. I'm happy to lead the effort on presenting and implementing a successful four-day work week for our team. Best, your name. (laughs) Yeah. So what I like about this template too is like, And, you know, you're you're basically giving people a little bit of a blueprint. You guys can tailor it to, you know, what your boss, you know, is going to work better for your boss. And also if you're like, well, I don't want to be the person 
who's going to be in charge of trialing it. Like this is also a good thing to get your people team involved in too. Um, so, you know, I think with this template, like all the templates at Career Contessa, it's a starting place on where you can start typing and then edit and tailor it as necessary. But what I really like about this is that it gives action items. It's like, I want to have this conversation. Here's what I want the conversation to be about. I'm not blindsiding you. I'm not coming at this like threatening piece of like, if you don't do it. And that ultimately in this negotiation thing is you want everyone to feel like this is good for them and it's good for you. Um, and maybe also before you even do something like this, you could take like a quick survey of like, uh, if like if your team is big enough, you could just say, "Hey, I'm taking a quick survey. Like, would and like, are you guys? Would you guys be interested in trialing this for a month or three months?" And then you could even just say, "Like, I did some preliminary research on this, and everyone on the team is open to this idea." So you know, try to come at it from a place of curiosity and like, let's try this. And like, there's you know, everyone's really excited to try this because I think. That is probably something that's going to, if a boss has got like a really traditional situation and that's what they like, you know, you got to tiptoe, you got to like soften the like, hey, we're not going to go zero to 60. Let's do zero to 10, 20, 30 miles an hour, that kind of thing. So I, I really like this. I'm, I'm really excited about this trend. I mean, there's some work trends that have come out over the last year that have been, you know, depressing. Like they're just not great. Like, uh, you know, when people are like, you know, people are going back to work. Now they're going back to an office, everyone's been working, you know, there's like certain phrases. And I think work in the last year is really um, like over the last few years has had like a microscope over it in a way that again, like we've never had this before. And so take that momentum and ride with it and don't be afraid to speak up and make these suggestions. Now is a good time to do it. I think, what, what do you think, Kayleen? Yeah, I, I think absolutely. And I know it's, we're nearing, we're nearing the end of summer, which is wild to say because it feels like it sort of just started. But yeah, this could also be something that I know a, a really great place that I know at least on the East Coast, they do summer Fridays and that's been sort of yeah. around for forever. Um, you can say, listen, I'm interested in doing this summer 2022. Like this doesn't have to be a thing that happens tomorrow necessarily. If that's if that's a way you feel comfortable about having the conversation or you can say, yeah, maybe we start this in January. Like it's not something that you're, you, again, you're you're coming in and demanding in an email. It's something that you can start the conversation about. And sometimes things take time. It takes time to figure out how they could work. And I think yeah. that could be a smart approach to it too. Yeah. It all comes down to challenging the status quo, not being afraid to challenge the status quo and rethinking and reforming how we work. Like that's ultimately what this is about. And here's just a specific item that we have to be looking at. So well, thank you, Kayleen, for the mini history <laughs> lesson and all these really good ideas. Like Kayleen mentioned, you guys, she's going to put all of those links in the show notes, plus the articles that she's written. And hopefully you guys keep us posted. If you are going to pitch the four-day work week, if your company already does this, let us know. You can email us info at careercontessa.com or you can always slide into our DMs on Instagram. We're at careercontessa. And if you hate the four-day work week, also let us know because Kayleen is dying oh, to hear from someone yes. who is like anti this so positive negative everything in between thank you for listening to this episode of the females if you enjoyed this episode please consider leaving us a review your reviews help our show get found by new listeners and they just really help us a lot since we're all about action here i want to leave you with an action item from this episode to try to help you determine which ideal schedule works best for you, try keeping a time diary for one week. Write down everything. 
when you're getting work done, when you're distracted, the breaks, even the ones spent scrolling IG. Write it all down. After a week, go back and reflect and try to narrow in on what your peak productivity hours were each day. Sometimes just knowing when you're most productive will help bring a more calm sense to your whole day and you'll be able to tackle your to-do list more efficiently because you'll know what's important and when it needs to get done. And if you're really loving this four-day work week idea, you can always use Kayleen's template that she mentioned earlier and email your boss. Lastly, if productivity is something you're really trying to nail down, check out our online course, The Productivity Powerhouse. I made sure to link to that in the show notes as well.